The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hello, everyone. I'm at Pensacola RV Park where we're parked here for the fall. Yeah, so it's such a beautiful fall day. And speaking of fall, this amazing tree is dropping all sorts of seeds. And that's just a perfect symbolism for less is more, right? As it naturally knows to drop leaves and the seeds, for growth, right? Because humans, we forget. We forget that we can just drop it. Let that go and trust. Trust that things will always work out for us. So in this Less is More series, I am bringing forward a, an amazing new guest, Minku Batar who was a fashion designer, a very successful one. And she shares about her transformational experience as she rode on the bullet train from Okinawa to Tokyo. And she was seated right next to a 90 year old woman. And that conversation changed her life. So uh, she shares so much wonderful, amazing uh, experiences that I had to break it down into two parts. So the first part's coming up. I'll drop the link in the chat or the comments below. Check that out on my YouTube or podcast channel. And I hope you are living with intention. Hello, new and true friends. I am April Wyatt, the founder of Living With Intention. And my intention is to create a safe space here where you can drop in and gain insights to different ways to promote your well-being. And I really do appreciate you tuning in and listening to these episodes. And also, most importantly, you showing up for yourself as we continue working from the inside out with this series, Less is More. And in this episode, we'll talk about the importance of a applying mindfulness in professional settings to experience less stress and overwhelm so you can experience more clarity, focus, and satisfaction in both your professional and private life. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that I absolutely love co-creating with fellow like-minded souls. And for my next guest of the series, I have a special treat for you. 
And it was even more special for me because I know you appreciate a variety and quality of content that I offer in these episodes. And that is why I've invited Minku Buttar, who is a co-creating individual, and she's here with us today, all the way from India. I'm so excited to be able to connect with her and people from across the globe. And when I connected with Minku, I knew she would be a perfect fit for the series because she shares the same interests as me. Minku is passionate about enabling individuals, organizations, and communities to value themselves and each other in the ongoing process of change in order to bring about a positive impact to emotional well-being and personal growth. And just to share a little bit about Minku, she is a transformation and mindfulness facilitator, keynote speaker, intuitive life force coach. I just added that life force in there for you, Minku, and founder of the Circle of Joy yeah, that offers mastery programs and retreats, really, truly working from the inside out. And it is truly my honor to introduce to you Minku Buttar. Welcome, Minku. Oh, thank you so, so much, um, April. This is so joyous to be here. Uh, thank you for that beautiful introduction and uh, I look forward uh, in the true spirit to share and exchange synergies, like you beautifully said, to who might need to receive this. Yes, yes. And this is why I'm here connecting with beautiful souls such as yourself to bring forward different ways for people to think about wellness you know it's so important it's just yes of course it's important to think about the mind and about the body but it's so important to remember about our essence right our spirit that goes into putting our attention on it, our intention of living a vibrant life mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely i i think it's um I think we all, uh, April, we all have such unique stories and uh, uh, we all play them down and we diminish our the power of our narratives, which then diminishes our claiming the purpose that we came down to earth, the, you know, the lessons we needed to learn um, and the, the upliftment and also the way we can all contribute to the collective consciousness versus, mm. you know, passing through Earth, just being an individual consumer. Mm -hmm. And Miku, do you mind just sharing your story of how you became of service? Because it's a pretty powerful story. Um. Yeah, so thank you for asking. Uh, forever, I'm very 
April, very, I've been motivated by this one particular quote. Uh, and I read this, I, it must have been like maybe two decades ago. It's by uh, someone called Ram Su. And he was an alcoholic. And then he came to India and then adopted the name Ram, uh, Ram Su. Uh, because it was just easier, you know, to be under the radar and not be isolated as a foreigner. And uh, he said this beautiful thing that I think kind of defined my life's narrative. And he said, he says that in order to realize the miracle that you are, you must surrender to the fantasy of what you will become. I mean, our whole life's essence is in those two lines, April. Um, you know, when we surrender, so first, if I could elaborate that, um, yes. Anna, is first to realize that we're all a miracle, the fact that, you know, the eyes, the ears, and our limbs are granted as a boon to us exactly. Uh, in a similar way uh, and then how do you claim this this process our stories which is you know rooted in truth and reconciliation in courage um, of hope and encouragement to others so when we surrender to the fantasy of what we will become when we start walking on a path first to heal ourselves and then after we are healed to be able to bring that uplifted vibration and energy and help others heal themselves. I think it's uh, it's such a beautiful journey. So uh, to give you a little bit of my backdrop, I was born into a Sikh religion and, uh, you know, if you know anything about the Sikhs, like my father tied the turban. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a pilot with the Indian Air Force. And uh, so Sikh religion stresses on selfless service, um, universal love, altruism, compassion. That's really, really the essence of Sikhism. Um, and it's it's funny because I've never, ever um, described it like that. And this is just how it came out and I'm going with the flow. But so savor to the house of God, uh, you know, savor to others, to we go to the Sikh temple and, uh, you know, when you worship and I, I didn't grow up very, very religious. Uh, we went to the, uh, you know, to the temple maybe once, but I just find and my fondest memories of when I go is that everyone there is a hero. We're all serving each other there there'll be people who are wearing silks very elaborate silks and they would be putting your shoes away and cleaning uh your um shoes at the temple gates or there'll be even at 3 a.m people sweeping the temple doors uh the floors uh or cooking uh free meals at the hot fires so this is what I grew up with. And I think this is where I picked up this art of compassion and, and uh, dignity and strength. Uh, then I became a global prodigy, you know, moved around in India, 
and then uh, I got married the first time and I became a global prodigy with trotting around the globe. Uh, and April, I, I think I'm a living affirmation and validation that there's no better way in the world to, um, to imbibe the art of inclusivity, patience, and appreciation of human connections. Um, but, you know, talking about my calling to service, when I came back to India in 2005, very briefly, I just want to cover that phase of my life. Uh, I was divorced. Um, I had already been a caretaker for a very dysfunctional family of my own, my blood uh, family. And uh, I came back to India very empty, lonely, uh, lacking companionship, understanding, and, and really, really, I think I, you know, when I tap into that, I think uh, life really felt like the cruelest irony ever. So, mm. you, know, you know, so this, this emotional and very tumultuous phase in my, in my marriage, uh, traumatized caretaker I I think it was uh, depleting me as a person and uh, you know to survive uh, two decades of a toxic environment between parents and siblings and uh, uh, I really thought it first I had to learn the art of detaching myself uh, removing myself and keeping my sanctity amidst the ugly conflicts and the cri ugly crises that would come up all the time. Uh, so it's really funny. And I'm sure a lot of our, our audience will, uh, those who are caretakers will associate with this, that there is there's two roles that we play. One is of guilt, like what if? What if you could save your parents' marriage if you were a mediator? Uh, what if you had given, uh, you hadn't taken harsh stances against a very patriarchal and ego egoistic father? So this is the kind of uh, landslide feelings that I had at that time. And then when I lost my mother and sister within 10 years, uh, the anguish of losing family and especially family who's younger than you uh april it it kind of i think the anguish stays with you till you die so i knew i knew that my healing process had to kick in it just had to because otherwise you know and then of course my parents left me a legacy of a bipolar brother today he's he's very much there but he's clinical depression and it's still exhausting as a caretaker. Uh, but I had the grace of uh, being with a lot of masters. I have meditated by the river Ganges. I meditated in dark caves. I learned uh, there were a lot of uh, these masters who took me under their wing and then started my healing journey from that relentless destruction paths that I would have walked on 
I decided to, with my own demons along, uh, I met this 99-year-old woman in a fast train in Japan, and we had this 45-minute conversation, April, and she changed my life from a accomplished fashion designer here in India after I came back in 2005 back to India I came back and I told my family uh, and, and and of course I uh, have to mention that at 2007 I had I have I'm now married to a wonderful person who's very supportive uh, my children live in Australia so I had this wonderful space after meeting this 99-year-old Okinawian to start my transformational work and heal from the bleeding wounds of losing a mom, a younger sister. Uh, and, and I think the universe, uh, April, has really granted me uh, guidance. Um, so that's pretty much my journey of wanting to give back, wanting to heal, and healing is such, you are in the healing space, and healing is a beautiful space, it calls to you, and it's a lifelong lifelong process. I hope, I, I'm sorry, I mean, I, I didn't know how to make this any brief. No apologies, uh, no apologies. <laughs> there was so much richness so, uh, in that. Minku, you you shared, you know, from your heart and allowing others to just have a little window, right, into your world. And I think that's what's really important is for people to understand, yes, we all have stories, but we this is yeah. how we connect and we learn and, you know, co-create and contribute to that, you know, collective consciousness through storytelling yeah. is is very mm -hmm. powerful. So thank you for mm -hmm. allowing us to witness that part of you. Thank you for allowing that to happen. Thank you, April. Yeah. So hmm. it's it's quite wonderful, April, this journey, because it's it, it's that you rake a moment when you wake up and say, Oh my God, there's work to be done on yourself. <laughs> it's like you've been blind all your life and then suddenly you're you're gifted sight and you were able to see the world in full vivid color for the first time uh, and there's no going back yes once that door is cracked um yeah it, but it's it's all it's all good it's all wonderful even when we are in those um shadowy kind of darker moments to where we can't see mm -hmm. uh, this is where i like to say well this is is it's where I can create this is I get to choose where I want to go and just as you saying that surrender to mm -hmm. the fancying of what we will become yeah you know just letting that go so less about all the anxieties and the overwhelm about what I have to do right now. I think everybody, especially in the professional setting, you know, they're mm -hmm. looking at other people, they're comparing their path to other professionals or people that 
have made giant strides in such a short amount of time yes. and they're wondering yes. what what's wrong with me that's true that the comparison and the race uh to be the best versus surrender and and i think april also people forget uh that you have to work in tangent with the universe um you have to you know the universe is always asking show me your new vibration and i will show you miracles i i mean you know uh there's such higher energies that are integrating with our consciousness right now in the universe it's the best time to be alive right as as you and i as as healing modalities tell us uh so um if we can cut away from the toxic patterns and take personal responsibility uh of walking on this path i i think there is light and light is the only thing that can drive the darkness away or i like to say you can even think about kind of leaning against the darkness because mm -hmm. we also learn from that as yes. well and yeah. So my question for you, Miku, for those professionals and even people in their private lives, right? When mm -hmm. they're feeling like they're in a struggle um, in this entanglement of, mm -hmm. of all the things, what do you, what do you recommend or what is the, the first step for them to let go to to live in that less is more mentality oh that's that's a powerful one and and so relevant and uh i yeah uh i think yes we even we talk about the perspective of uh our our personal life of course it starts with who we are and how we're showing up because that defines pretty much what uh you bring to your professional domain uh, i think the first thing i would say to any individual uh, would be to find solutions to the storms in your life uh, start i think that's a very good starting point uh, starting with uh, a space of confidence of clarity and then they will get the confidence that they can be unstoppable at anything they want to do in life. So it's all about, uh, I would say, it's about becoming a master of your own mind because we spend April so much time, energy, money to take care of our bodies, to look good. But I think somehow in that mad pace of life, we've, literally pay zero attention to the mind and uh, uh, you know the buddhist scriptures and philosophy they have the perfect solutions to train this unruly mind to receive stillness because it's it's in that stillness that we find the answers uh, uh, we are such uh, infinite and divine beings and I think uh, joy is available to all of us and my company is called the circle of joy because 
I think it's a most natural uh, birth birthright. So, uh, to answer specifically, how how do you claim your limitless possibilities? How can you stop becoming a slave to your mind, April? I think to have mastery over mind, it's so important. And I think there is two, three impediments, if you will allow me, to, to uh, that restricts. Uh, and this, this I can say with great validation because you know I have applied it with my clients, and it's it's just the most beautiful way to go through darkness and come out on the other side. One is to understand how your mind thinks, and coincidentally, uh, that was my topic for my TEDx uh, talk in uh, September 2022 last year: the art of thinking. You know, why are we thinking what we're thinking and why are we not thinking what we ought to be thinking? Uh, it's about making conscious choices. And and uh, unless we master the mind, April, I think it is always going to spin self-sabotage stories. So mm -hmm. we can actually master the mind through, uh, you know, a few ways. One, uh, I really think we need to tame the monkey mind. Um, it, you know, that's the first thing because 60,000 wild thoughts are swinging from limb to limb and uh, spitting and howling and, uh, you know, this constant chatter. Uh, I think uh, we need to harness them uh, because the voice in the head is really like a, it's like a broken record, right? Uh, we 98% of the thoughts are the same thoughts as yesterday and 80% of them it has they have proven is what psychology calls the negativity bias so how do you tame this um, uh, mind uh, I think that's very important and the second thing that I find very interesting how can we master our mind so that we could step into our own brilliance uh, in you know relationships is to diminish our ego and to silence this inner critique. Uh, we all have it, right? Uh, and, and ego is really nothing but identifying with your mind and form. And ego is this ugly voice that starts saying, oh, I, I have, so I have. Uh, so I think if we could, we could work with silencing our inner critique, silence our ego. And the third most important thing that I realized when I started this journey of mine to bring these programs and being saver to humanity, April, I think it's time for us in this universe to realize that healing is not an option. It's it's we need to return to the purity that we were born with and this external molding it has to fall so that we can claim the authentic self so i think these are some of the ways that i work with even professionals uh, uh, rather than working with the intangible, I think if we work strategically with these three things, uh, and then of course you have your, you know, mindfulness and you know how do you 
where do you feel the trauma? Where do you feel the anxiety? Where do you feel the depression? All that follows. But I think we have to start with the work on ourselves first. Um, does that answer? Oh, that yes. Question? Yes. Yeah. Especially, you know, our our minds are so quick. Mm-hmm. Right. We can we can be in bliss and joy one moment. And then something will happen. Somebody will say something or even as simple as a memory will pop up because of a song that you hear on the radio or whatever that is. And then it'll just whoop, just take you right out of there and um, put you in that egoic state. And what I like, I don't know if you've heard of Wayne Dyer And he says, ego is edging God out, E-G-O, edging God out. So when we're in that state, we're not connected Mm -hmm. to source, to God, Mm -hmm. to whoever your higher power is. We're in the survival mode and protection, which, you know, in that state, you're not going to let anyone in or let yourself be open to receive joy and and peace and clarity. Absolutely. I think the mind acts as an imposter and pretends to be you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, you know, true healing, that's the other thing, uh, you know, that came up for me when you were speaking is that we need courage. Now I think clarity, confidence, yes, but courage, April, oh my God, it is, I think the most true healing means reopening of old wounds and 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 these wounds are something uh, that we probably knew uh, there was trauma that triggers it but what we do is we just slap on um, a first aid band and uh, but it's not true healing because there's so much we swept under the carpet and there's so many skeletons in the dark cupboards that we didn't attend to and when the triggers happen uh, say things are not going right in the professional life relationships are dwindling we drown in this toxicity self-pity uh, we feel this diminishing of self-worth and then because you left it too late, the resurrection of that can take a lifetime. Yes. Or or I would like to say there is uh, an awakening that will happen to where you're forced. <laughs> right? Sometimes the yeah. universe works that way too, where it's like, yeah. bam, all these things happen and you're standing there wondering what the heck just happened uh, <laughs> and and then this is the time to really apply or be curious of, mm-hmm. of why this happened for me instead of to me yeah yes if you're open and and to be conscious how of how am i showing up in life right mm-hmm. um and and i think I hope you enjoyed that first part interview with Minku. Uh, She's just amazing. And so please stay tuned for the second part. But in the meantime, if you're wanting to go a little deeper, I do have another series called Remembering Your Essence. And I will pop that playlist 
uh, in the chat there so that way you can check that out. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again. Don't take your dreams lying down.